All right, everybody. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Do You Remember That Guy? My name is Jimmy Palumbo, and it's so good to be here on the Chop Sports Network. As some of you know, I have my own show, The Jimmy Palumbo Show. But here on this show, we're going to do something special. I have a co-host, and his name is... Rick Antonori. That's right, Rick Antonori, who is actually... Um, now, I talk like a fan and a, and a comedian and an actor, but um, Rick is actually a baseball coach, uh, yes. Division Division Two. So, Rick, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, right now I'm a college coach at Clark State Community College. I'm working my way up through the ranks and going through the process. Uh, this past summer, I was actually managing in the Great Lakes League, uh, which is sponsored by Major League Baseball. There you uh, go. I was manager of the Cincinnati Steam. How'd you guys do? Uh, we actually went 24 and 18, but we fell two games short of the playoffs. Oh, bro, you got to make the playoffs, bro. Come I, I on. know. It might, you know, I was happy. Look, I was happy by inaugural, inaugural, inaugural. managing. All right. Your first time you're managing a, a bigger yeah, thing. That's uh, cool. It's a little different because uh, in the summer leagues, you are really managing time because, I mean, these guys are all D1 ball players in the right. University, right. UCF. Yeah, you had some Big State. Ten players in there, which is cool. Oh, yeah. University, well, University of Dayton, University of Cincinnati. It, it's just like, and, like when I first got there, I'm 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 watching these guys just practice, and I'm like, I mean, I was a decent ball player, I was a D two ball player myself, and I'm I'm looking around, I'm going, these guys have more talent in their pinky than I do in my entire body. <laughs> I <laughs> feel I feel that way when I listen to other podcasts, so I totally get that. Except here, I'm fine here, but other podcasts. The funny, the funny thing was, my pitching staff averaged a height of like six foot six. Wow. It was actually three guys, six foot seven. So when That's I went out nuts. to the mound to go to go talk to him or to like you know to actually pull him from the game, it's you know they they don't want to come out, which is great. But you, I mean, you want a pitcher doesn't want to come out of the game. But I'm literally I need a step stool to actually talk to him eyeball eyeball. So <laughs> so in other words, if if some guy wanted to punch you and knock you out for taking him out of the game, you would lose that fight. Uh, actually, I, my first step, I'd be taking the knees out. I'd, I'd be hitting, taking the knees out right away. <laughs> That's great. To my height. <laughs> so, so again, what this show is, uh, uh we have a, a, a real baseball guy and he's, like I said, I'm more of a, he's a fan of, of uh, all sports as well. Rick is, yes, but he actually coaches a- baseball and played D2 baseball. So he knows about the ins and outs of really playing the game. So we decided to come up with this idea about certain players that played, they have, they have to play really beyond 1975 to keep it semi-young. And what we're doing, these are the kind of players, you're not going to hear about Derek Jeter, you're not going to hear about Mariano Rivera or a famous... uh, And and right now we're keeping it to the Mets and the Yankees. Now, I'm a big Yankee fan, and Rick is a big Mets fan, even though he lives in Ohio now. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to choose a Yankee, and Rick's going to choose a Met, and these are guys with what the heck happened to that guy. And we're going to just go through, give... Give the audience a full rundown on these players, everything we can, and and hopefully you'll you'll learn something about this player. You may find out he was better than you thought he was. You may find out he was worse than you thought he was. But either yeah, way, we we're going to have a few lists. Him at the end of this, where we're like, you know what, that guy really sucked, or you know, hey, you know what, he was actually pretty good. <laughs> That's you what know? it is. And, so this is like bar talk. But yeah, you, I mean, you know what? Really, the idea came about is if you were sitting at a bar and they showed an old highlight, but the guy playing third who had nothing to do with the highlight, like, oh, you remember that guy? That's kind of what we're doing. So I'll start it off because it's not going to be, this is a, you know, we not, it's not a full hour podcast either. It's something short and sweet and we thought we'd have fun with it. Now my guy, oh, by the way, me and Rick don't know 
with each guy yeah. we, we, uh, he chose. So we don't tell each other until we go live. Um, so here it is. Now, my guy, okay, 13 years in the bigs. Okay, Ooh, right. Played from 1990 to 2003. Uh, right. He's my age. He's 56 now. Um, he was your classic utility infielder. I think it's possible this guy might be the best utility infielder of all time. I'm probably going to get shot down by my uh, producer, Chris, here. Who just give me a thumbs down. But I really think he, he's the matter of fact, he was such a big, he was such a big utility infielder. I think he's actually too big to even beyond this segment, but we'll see. He played how for. Many, how he used the Yankees. He played for. Well, you got to break it down a little bit because he came, was with them, then he left, then he came back. He played oh, for right. five teams New York, Seattle, California, Toronto, and Pittsburgh. Um, so I'll just tell you his name classic utility infielder, Louis Soho. Oh God! You okay. really, you're gonna have to bring a for Noble okay. show, Louis okay. Soho. Now the you reason why he, the he main the game winning hit yes. against the well, that's why I wanted to bust. I wanted to bust. I wanted to bust your balls because he did hit a huge game winning hit in Game Five against the Mets uh. in 2000. But there's some funny things here. I actually the reason why I always loved. And I think Yankee fans love Louis Soho. He won four rings: three with the Yanks, one with Toronto. But he was so out of shape. He looked. But he wasn't out of shape. He, his uniform was baggy. He, the Yankees now, players, they have shitty at-bats, right? Louis Soho looked shitty at the plate, physically, everything. It was always 0-2, and he would somehow fight his way back to 2-2. But the difference between like him and Gardner, Gardner will draw a walk. Soho would actually slap a base hit somewhere, but he was not fast. Uh, but he was really brilliant in that he really never got more than 300 at-bats. Some of his stats, he I mean... Played, he could have played softball with you. He looked like... Exactly right. He looked like a softball player. He looked like a guy you would... When, like The show is designed to be like you're at the bar. Do you remember that guy? Well, Louis yeah. Soho could be sitting to your right. But then I found out some fun things. His lifetime batting average was 261 which is pretty good. He only had 261 RBIs in 13 years, so that's not a lot. Oh, 36 home runs and only 671 hits. Um, he definitely was the big hero in the World Series in 2000. Um, he uh, was 6 for 23 in the Division Series that year, and with two outs, with the game tied in the ninth, he got a big uh, base hit, scored two runs, um, and the Yankees ended up winning that series in five. But in 1996, he did something very odd that I don't think would happen today. He only played 18 games at the end of the season, and they put him on the playoff roster. That's rare. Usually they don't, by that 18 games left, they usually don't put you on the well, roster. You got to be on the roster before September 1st. Right. So, and plus, they only played 18 games. They played 30 games in September. So they right, must well, have, they you know. Put them on, they didn't play them. Exactly right. So he was not. He was a. Uh, he led the league in like a bunts in '91. He batted three oh seven in nineteen ninety seven. He had nine RBIs in the two thousand playoffs. He had five batting titles in the Venezuelan winter winter league. So he was a total stud. Um, but his numbers weren't. I thought he was a much better hitter. Like. 250 a lot. He, one year he batted 300, but he didn't bat. He didn't get the 180 at bat. So at the end of the day, he was a 260 hitter. But the huge thing for him, he could play first, second, short, and third. It's very rare you get a guy to play all, you know, 
uh, I guess you could say uh, LeMayhew can do it, but he was actually very good at all the positions. So, um, and he's also a clubhouse guy. The guy loved him. And he has a couple of unique things that I find hysterical. Uh, John Sterling called him the best 200 hitter in baseball, which is, that's hysterical. Um, he also did another weird thing. He played in, in 2003, came back for four games, but he played in the old timers game in July, hit a home run. And at the end of the season, they signed him. They must've been short and they signed him. And there was even talk about him coming back the next year. But to us, he looked so fat by then, but he wasn't really that fat. He just looked fat in the uniform. Uh, the most he ever made was 800 grand. Um, he ended up coaching. This is something we love about the show. From like 2004 to 2017, he was totally involved with the Yankee organization. Yes. He managed their Class A teams from 2006, 2009. He, uh, he was all over the place. Jimmy, not to interrupt you, but for those years, the last years, the last two years, I, I, I bring this up because it's funny because before I got back into coaching, I was with the Phoenix bat, Baseball Bat Company in right. Plain City, Ohio. And Louis so we Louis So came in for business. Oh, that's great. So you actually met Louis Soho. That's so I, funny. I, I, I didn't know him. that. See? That's I the magic. Three, that's the magic bats. of the show. I, I made I made three hundred bats for him with the Soho logo. Oh, that's it awesome. Was, it was a it was a home play. So you totally know what I'm talking about. But he also never struck out. That's the difference of him and Gardner. The most he ever struck out in a season was 26 times. So oh, that's man. pretty good, even if you have 350 at bats. He was a he like I said, he looked shitty, but he was a pretty good hitter, but yet when you look at the stats, he really wasn't that good. I think he just, because of a couple of big hits in the World Series, he just, Yankee at the time, Yankee fans just loved the fact that he could play all the positions. And he was a pain in the ass at the plate. Um, he just, he was one of those guys that, like, as an older guy looking back, never had a shitty at-bat like they do now, those eight-second at-bats, you know. So that's my guy, Louis Soho, um, <sighs> old-timer Yankee. Uh, and still, I, now, by the way, now he's the coach of the Spanish national team in the uh, world, the, what do you call it now, the National World, World Baseball Classic. So that's yeah. my guy, Louis Soho, and he's a Met killer. I did that to bust uh, Rick's balls, and that's it. All right, who do you got? 13, 13 years, you said, right? Hey, 13 years in the bigs, you got to be doing something right. You got to do something right. So you can't, we can't give him the suck label. You have to do no, something no, right. No, no, no. He's got four rings too, so you know. Four rings, good little ball player, but no one knows who Louis Soho is. All right, here's my guy, and you're gonna know him as soon as I say his name. You're gonna know who he is. But um, how how many years in the bigs? Fourteen years in the bigs. Wow. Okay. Okay. A good six with the Mets. Now, um, what years? He from 1977 to 1982. Uh, definitely gonna. I'm almost. I should know him, but I may not know, know. this. This is the real shitty years of the New York Mets. Oh uh, yeah, but that makes it funny. Not like that. Not like that. As, as Mets fans, Mets fans unfortunately lump him in with the Midnight Massacre in June fifteenth, nineteen seventy seven, when the Mets traded Tom Seaver because he also came to the Mets that night. But okay. he was not involved. He was not involved in the Tom Seaver deal. Unfortunately, he get he gets lumped into that because but he had he, nothing to do with it. He had nothing to do with it. All right, so he thirteen actually, years in the big, six with the Mets. 14, fourteen. Fourteen years. That's a long time. Fourteen years in the Mets. Long All time. Right. He had a career batting average of two sixty five, three twenty nine on base percentage. Hit a total of eighty home runs with four hundred twenty three RBIs. Hit some pop. Nine, a little bit of pop. Nine hundred eighty nine base hits. Okay. 
That's okay. what was close to a thousand hits in the bigs. I so. will say this: he had a piss missile for an arm. Okay, cannon, absolute cannon. So, what is okay. his name? Joel Youngblood. Oh friend. my God, do I remember Joel Youngblood? That's your <laughs> classic. I swear to God, if I was selling T-shirts here at Chop Sports, which I might, and I just put shitty Mets and put Joel Youngblood on it, that would be the, maybe the top. Man, that's poster boy for shitty Mets, no yeah. doubt about it. <laughs> He actually didn't have a bad career. I know. He yeah, just he, he played the Mets the were so awful, awful in, then. In nineteen eighty oh, they were god awful. In nineteen eighty one, he was the only all star for the Met. I remember being so he didn't get in the game. I was so pissed off. I was screaming at the television at the time. I was about 12, 13 years old. Oh, wait a minute. So he made the all-star time and didn't get in the game. Play. <laughs> See, that's why, again, when you play for the Mets and you make the all-star team, you're not guaranteed to get in the game. I mean, and it wasn't because the Mets organization sent a note to the manager on the other side. Hey, don't waste Joe Youngblood. We need him for next Friday night. <laughs> Well, at the time, and he was hit, he hit three fifty that year in eighty one. Oh wow! He, oh, a yeah, full season at three fifty. Three fifty. Well, you know, eighty one was the strike season. Remember? Oh god, there you go. He didn't have yeah, that. Had a strike season he didn't have that hot July August at Shea yeah, when your batting yeah, average died. Um, I was still three fifty. I don't care. I played ten he games. Started, 350. He, right. He, he started his career in nineteen seventy. He was drafted in the second round by the Cincinnati Reds. Okay. Toiled. I'll use the, the the definition of toiled. Toiled in the, right. in, the, in the minor leagues for six years. What, he played right he field. Came, he played actually. Here's the kicker. He played every position but catcher and pitcher during his career. Oh wow! So he played all the infield and in his career he played every position at, at the major league level. At the major league wow, level, wow, that's, yes. that's not too many guys. With, no, now nobody no. does it that way. Um, there was probably some no. guys in the seventies that did that, but yeah. uh, he, that's a good he came stat. To the Mets. Again, in that, in that terrible night of trading for Mike Phillips. Mike, the Mets sent Mike Phillips to the St. Louis Cardinals for Joel Youngblood. <laughs> Such a uh, bad. Yeah. What a, what two guys that no one cares about. That's so great. <laughs> no, that is the epitome of, do you remember that guy? I swear to God, for Christmas, I think I'm getting you a Joel Youngblood jersey. That's just funny. <laughs> what, what was his number, do you know? Oh, I'd have to look that up. I can hold uh, on. I can, I nah, it's can all right. It's all right. Well, it doesn't yeah, matter. I mean, no one I, cares. I, that. Uh, no one cares, really. So, um, wait a minute. Who, okay. Now, after the Mets, where did he, he got traded or was a free agent? Okay, here's the kicker with Joel Youngblood that makes him this special. According to Wikipedia, in, the Mets traded him on August 4th, 1982. He becomes the only player in Major League Baseball history to have a hit on the same day in two different cities. Wow. And he did it off two Hall of Famers. Okay, I playing, love this stuff. Yeah. So, he, got, he played the day game. He played the day game. The Mets were in Chicago. They played. They he played was number eighteen. Game. My uh, producer behind number the glass. 18, okay, number eighteen. He oh, well, the next number eighteen was Daryl Strawberry. So okay. he played a day game. He played a day game in Wrigley Field. He hit at a hit against Ferguson Jenkins, Jenkins <laughs> Hall of Famer. All the of Mets Famer. Trade him to the Montreal Expos. How did he get to Montreal by the night game? The, the Montreal Expos were in Philadelphia. The Montreal Expo, he was on deck in the fourth inning of the Met game the, when he got traded. The Montreal Expos begged the Mets to take him out of the game, get him on a plane, and get him to Philadelphia to play in that game that night because they were shorthanded. Oh, my God, that's so he funny. Makes it, he makes it to Philadelphia, gets into the game as a pincher in the sixth, hit, sixth inning, and gets a hit off Hall of Famer Steve Carlton. Wow. So two hits. Two and hits, two different cities. Two different cities, and, and that's never been done. No way. Never been done. Wow. 
Wow, wow. I love it. I love it. I love it. Then gets traded to, after the 82 season, he gets traded to the uh, San Francisco Giants, where he actually has a great year for the for the Giants. It's the most 17 home runs, um, most RBIs he had. 17 home runs? That's not bad. He only had nine. Terrible. Like usually, some, some back then, some of the older guys started to jack. Hank Aaron did that. Like, what, what uh, some players, and it wasn't steroids, they realized I can't, my legs aren't the same, and they and they changed their swing to try to jack a few out. So you'll see some players have the well, end of their Joey careers. Have, right now, you know, Joey Votto is a great classic example of that right now. He's 37. He's the most home runs he ever did in his career. Yeah, but you know, nowadays you wonder what he's drinking. Uh, yeah, that's true. He's drinking well, the his, juice. His average, is, his average is down about 80 points. But well, you know, that's, that's how it works. Yeah. So what what what, um, what team did he finish with? He finished with the he went he finished with the team that drafted him, the Cincinnati Reds. He won his last season was nineteen eighty. Hold on, nineteen eighty nine. Eighty nine. Uh, he had gotten seventy six games, hundred and thirty four plate appearances, about a two twelve in his last year. Uh, that's usually what happens. The last year, he just like, he's like Gardner. You gotta let him go. Yeah. Of course, yeah. if he was playing now, he'd be making eight million a year, and he the Yankees right. would sign him again because they need a player at every position. Here's the, I did find. That in his career he made over two million dollars, which ain't bad. That's back, not bad. Maybe you know what? I guess because the Mets were just so bad back then. The Yankees were good, and I was only like thirteen or fourteen years old. So, um, but to me, Joe Joe Youngblood, I remember him like Lindsey Nelson and the Ralph Kiner show. He'd be on there, so great. Well, Joe Young was the guy. He's, he's the guy you get the baseball car. You put him in, his, in your bicycle. Oh, he definitely went in the spokes. Joe Youngblood oh, yeah. went in the spokes. That's yeah. so great. So, post, so what, what did he end up doing after he played? He, as a coach for the Reds, the Brewers, the Orioles in the 90s, he then managed the Kane County Cougars in the Orioles Farm Club in the Midwest League in 92. Oh, wow. In 99, uh, he returned in 2007, was a coach with the Arizona Diamondbacks, and he finished that. Um, actually, no, he returned. He finished that 2010, took a year off, and then returned to the Diamondbacks where he's still a coach in the system. Wow, so he's still so. There's a guy, right? Here we are. This, I, I, this one. Listen to all our new fans out there. This show. What what me and Rick love about doing this is that because we've had discussions before this, and we always a couple of players. We'll probably use uh, coming up just me and him talking. And certain guys, you think like, oh, this guy stunk. You find out he played 14 years. You find out he made a decent amount of money. And then you find right. out that these guys coached now. So here we are mocking out Joel Youngblood. He's been making money off baseball for 45 years. Right. You know what I mean? So He's still coaching. How can he really be? And then a couple of guys, and, and we'll, we'll bring them up as the show goes on. We were BSing about a couple of guys a couple of months ago. And they retire like in 1983. You can't find them on Facebook, Twitter. They're gone. Nothing. They're, they're gone. not dead, but they're, they're like they're they, they don't own a car dealership. They're gone. So the beauty of this show is sometimes we find out the players stunk. Sometimes we find out we thought they stunk, but they actually weren't that bad. And sometimes it's like up to the interpretation if he was good or not. So, um, uh, and that's really it. So we got Louis Soho and Joe Youngblood. That's it. So those are our first two things. And uh, that's it. That's all we want to do on the show is bring up. Now, I always forget the name of the show is who the heck is that guy? Who the hell is that guy? Is, is this, this guy, guy dead? Guy? What happened to that jerk off? I wanted to name the show five different things. but Do you remember that guy? Yes. Show number one. Do you remember that guy? And we chose Louis Soho and Joel Youngblood. All right. For me and Rick Antonori, we'll see you next week.